Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. Happy Tuesday. A big hug to all of y'all. Thanks for making this show possible wherever you're watching or listening to it, whether it's on Patreon, Locals, or on Spotify. We have been approved of a few other platforms, so we, in April, expect us to be on a few other places as well. Let me address something really quick here so there's no confusion. We do not want to put all our eggs in one basket, and we want to give you, the viewer and consumer, a choice of where to watch our program. So if you're watching it on Patreon, stay on Patreon if you like Patreon. But if you are find yourself that you're now on Locals more and you would rather consume it on Locals, cancel on Patreon and move over to Locals. There's It's the same show across all the platforms. We just want to give everyone a choice of where they can watch it. So for instance, we've seen a, a lot of growth uh, lately on Locals. Uh, and once again, we're not telling you to go from one place to the other. We're just giving you uh, different options. Most people who are watching us on Patreon are just coming to Patreon to watch the show. Where people, for instance, on Locals, Locals is a social media platform. So there's other people on there like, you know, Russell Brand, Tulsi Gabbard, Paul Joseph Watson, um, the uh, Scott Adams, uh, Russell Brand. Uh, I think I said that already. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dave Rubin, the Rubin Report. He's, he started Locals. Patrick Byrne, who also invested in Locals. So a lot of people are like that because the platform is kind of like a Facebook or a Twitter. And so they can do other things that you can't do on Patreon. But some people aren't interested in that. They just want to watch the videos here on Patreon. So or if you're on Patreon. So it depends where you're at, folks. It will do it in other platforms as well. Uh, we don't want to have all our eggs in one basket. And if uh, we follow all the rules on Patreon, we've had no problems with Patreon. Um, but there have been a few people that have been kicked off of Patreon. And there would be a disservice that all of a sudden we disappear from Patreon and we don't have another place for you to watch it. Or vice versa. It doesn't seem like we'll ever have a problem with locals. They're committed to free speech and what have you. So that is why... I promote and talk about the other platforms we have it on. Uh, we'll have the podcast also, not just on Spotify, we're working on that as well, just to give you a choice of where to watch or listen to this. It's the exact same show, no matter where you watch or listen to it. The difference is on our podcast version, sometimes there's video clips that aren't understandable. We will have an explanation of the clip and an edited version of the clip because there's no re reason to have a long video clip if the people can't see it. So we just adjust the show slightly on some episodes for our audio-only viewers. It's essentially 99.9% .9 the same show. So with that out of the way, let's get into some news uh, here. Let's start off with a statement yesterday from President Trump, the 45th President of the United States, talking about the liars, the cheaters, the deceivers and the continued lying coming out about the January 6th events and coming out of the committee. This is what President Trump said. He said, so the radical left Democrats in Congress and the unselect committee continue to seek the destruction of lives of very good people, but have no interest in going after the criminals and thugs who cheated like mad dogs on the 2020 presidential election. All the evidence is in and conclusive but they and the fake media refuse to look at it or report it. They call it the big lie, but the big lie is the exact opposite. They are the liars, they are the cheaters, and they are the ones who are destroying our country at the voting booths, the borders, the gas stations, with our military, our vets, foreign relations, and everywhere else. And once again, that is because 
not only do elections have consequences, stolen elections have dire consequences. I covered on YouTube earlier today a clip from Tucker Carlson calling for the 25th Amendment removal of Biden as he is dangerous and getting us in trouble. Not just all the terrible things they've done by design with our economy, interest rates, prices, uh, inflation, the supply chain problem, empowering China, who is any day now going to invade Taiwan, and then the Ukraine mess that we're embroiled in and we don't need to be. But also he's saying things off the teleprompter and making statements that are threatening to world leaders who are other nuclear powers. And once again, this has to do with Russia and Ukraine where we shouldn't be involved anyway. But of course we're involved because we put biolabs, not, not we the people, but they, the deep state, unfortunately, under the guise of American U.S. government legitimacy. So that's where we're at. Talking about illegitimate presidents, which of course is Joe Biden. Let's talk about the illegitimate FLOTUS, the first lady of the United States. Very, very embarrassing. Uh, Jill Biden is kind of an embarrassing, very embarrassing first lady. Let's just let's just like make believe and play pretend. I know this crowd doesn't want to do it. That Joe Biden was a legitimate president. He needs to be recalled by the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and his wife Jill is just a nurse for him. She is his handler, and it's embarrassing to see. But the fact that he's an illegitimate president makes it even more dangerous. Well, here we have this uh, latest thing. Uh, a bomb threat at the Alexandria campus of uh, North Virginia Community College, where the First Lady teaches classes on Tuesdays. Uh, there's a bomb threat which has prevented the First Lady from going to school. The notice says, The First Lady was informed about a bomb threat at North Virginia Community College prior to departing the White House for class this morning. At no point was she in any danger. All questions about the incident should be referred to Northern Virginia Community College. All questions about security should be referred to the United States Secret Service. This comes from Kate Bennett, the CNN reporter. Now, folks, this is very dangerous. Why? Because let's just say this bomb threat was actually done by a hater of Joe Biden. Well, that person is a libertarian, far right, far left, an anarchist, BLM or Antifa it's going to be blamed on the right. And they're going to use this for pretext that we are all domestic terrorists. But I made a huge assumption there. I'm assuming that this wasn't actually done by an operative of the deep state to give cover for this idea that everyone on the right is or are domestic terrorists. In other words, what I'm saying is this might possibly be a false flag bomb threat. I mean, it's just a bomb threat, right? Someone calls it in, they take it serious. It could have been a CIA, an FBI, a Joe Biden operative, a DNC operative, or a paid third party or third party provocateur on the payroll or instigated or inspired or brainwashed by the CIA or any one of the nefarious arms of the deep state to do this so they can then later blame it on the right Republicans, conservatives, anti-Biden folks. So this is just happening today. Let's see where this news goes. I'm just giving you a heads up 
Do not be surprised if that's the spin that comes out of it. All right, continuing with uh, January 6th, we have here out of ABC News that a federal judge has found that former President Donald Trump more likely than not committed felony obstruction in the effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election. It'll come as no surprise, of course, that this judge is a Clinton nominee. And this has to do with the John Eastman uh, case, the attorney uh, over here in California. I'm currently in California, but a few days I'll be back uh, at home in our studios in, uh, in Utah. U.S. District Judge David Carter said in the ruling that Trump's former lawyer, John Eastman, must turn over most documents he was withholding from the January 6th House Committee investigating the attack on the U.S. Capitol. It wasn't an attack on the U.S. Capitol. It was a protest. And those who broke into the U.S. Capitol were Antifa provocateurs. Once again, the same people probably behind the bomb threat. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. That's how they roll, right? What about all these fake hate crimes? We have one recently. They caught a black guy on video putting the swastika up. America is so damn racist that... Black people must report false hate crimes to prove it. And Asians and Hispanics and gays. We are so hateful in America. The right is so hateful, so misogynistic, so racist against Asians, blacks, people of color, transphobic, and any other new names that they want to create to then be uh, pejorative terms for people on the right. We are none of those things. And the proof is they have to do fake hoax crimes to get in the news to fault, to push the narrative. If they're doing that on small, relatively small things, is it really beyond the realm of possibility or probability that many of these things having to do with January 6th, President Trump and what have you are not actual false flag, false actors bad actors doing these things is it really a, a is it really a big stretch to come to that conclusion or to come to that suspicion i think not this is what uh, judge david carter once again a clinton appointee wrote based on the evidence the court finds it more likely than not that president trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of congress on january 6 2021 you know because president trump was sitting there with a Confederate flag in his right hand and a saber in his left. And he was going, come on, Patriots. And he was charging through those doors that were open electronically from the inside. And he came in and violently told everyone, storm Nancy Pelosi's office, sit on the thing. Oh, wait a minute. Weren't those cops escorting the people into the chambers? Is that why the January 6th Unselect Committee wants to not have the truth come out and hide the actual footage? Or is it just me in my craziness? There we go, folks. I got all ruffled up on that. And for those of you who've noticed, yes, I've gained back all my weight. I think this is going to be a lifelong struggle, but man, I love food. I'm keeping it real, folks, unfiltered. I was down 17 pounds and I've gained 11 or 12 of that back. All right, continuing with the uh, article here. The judge who reviewed Eastman's documents ordered Eastman to turn over all but 10 that the court found privileged. In response, 
Eastman's legal team said in a statement yesterday afternoon that Eastman intends to comply with the court's order and will turn over the requested documents. In his ruling, ruling Judge Carter, a Clinton appointee, provided a summary of several documents that Eastman has sought to block. So, of course, this, this is the false narrative, right? The 11th document is a chain forwarding to Dr. Eastman, a draft memo written for President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani. The memo recommended that Vice President Pence reject electors from contested states on January 6th. This, this may have been the first time members of President Trump's team transformed a legal interpretation of the Electoral Act into a day-by-day plan of action. Once again, folks, let's say this is true. Let's just say this is true. These are all plans. These are all ideas. These are all discussions of something that didn't take place. It didn't take place. There was no insurrection. Mike Pence certified it and they got their way. Even if the narrative was true, it's a big so what. The draft memo pushed a strategy that knowingly violated the Electoral College uh, the Electoral Count Act and Dr. Eastman l- later memos closely track its analysis and proposal. Uh, it doesn't knowingly violate the Electoral College Count Act at all. That is absolutely disputable. But of course, ABC News, Disney Corporation, part of the leftist Marxist machine, their reporter over here, let's out this reporter, Catherine Falders, goes and makes these uh, statements that are simply untrue at the most and at the least very, very biased. The memo is both intimately related to and clearly advanced the plan to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021, because the memo likely furthered the crimes of obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. It is subject to the crime fraud exemption and the court orders it to be disclosed. The, the judge obviously already a Clinton appointee once again, very, very obviously biased and not impartial in their judgment. (laughs) Uh, Crimes of obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. The biggest damn fraud of the United States is the installation of the dementia, evil, pedophile, sick bastard, big guy getting a cut of from China, Russia, and Ukraine for corruption through his son, Hunter Biden. And of course, that would be Joseph Robinette Biden, the biggest fraudster whose ass should be in jail if not buried underneath it. Not buried as in, I'm calling for anything violent. I'm saying he should be figuratively buried in a prison cell underneath subterraneously. Okay, folks, but they uh, they continue with the false narrative and who they're bringing in, once again, Roger Stone, guilty by association. The bottom line is if you are associated with President Trump, they're coming after you. Some people are able to escape it like Patrick Byrne because he's got so much money and he's got lawyers that can block it and do all kinds of stuff. They just ignore him because they can't go after him. But guys like Roger Stone, who they've already wiped out financially, they keep going after him. Folks, I am so grateful that the Lord put in my heart through the Holy Spirit not to go to the January 6th protests. I was going to go. A member of our BCP family had a very nice, very expensive suite, very close by that they were willing to give me as fans of the show. I called them and thanked them for it. And I considered it. And just the Lord told me, don't go. Had I gone, this show would not exist. I would be canceled 100%. 
And I'm not saying that I wish I hadn't gone in spirit. I'm just saying, um, I'm you know, the Lord told me for a reason not to go because it would have been the end of this career of mine. And I would be uh, not having as much fun and enjoying doing this as I am. I probably would be uh, doing our staffing business, growing our uh, document, uh, government document translation and interpretation businesses. I'd be dealing with all the headaches of 1099, our subcontractors. These are things that we still deal with, right, on our other businesses. Uh, hiring people because the next step was to actually bring on some people uh, full-time, part-time and full-time. Oh, now I got to W-2 people again and go through all of that hassle. Nothing wrong with it. But I feel blessed that the Lord spared me being canceled because of that, at least, knock on wood, at least so far. And allowing me to do what I think more is more of a calling of mine to share this information with people on multiple platforms. And obviously you agree because your hard-earned money is supporting us here. And we, we greatly, greatly appreciate that if I haven't mentioned it already. But here we go with them going after Roger Stone, who had nothing to do with it. It's just being guilty by association. Also, by the way, folks, there were some people that were uh, some small YouTubers that got into the uh, Trump circle when he was in the Oval Office, and many of them have been canceled, already kicked off of YouTube and uh, harassed. And I've always been an outside guy reporting from the outside in, and I think that has served me well. Uh, at some point, I hope to uh, be more of an inside person, but for the time being, that is why the other show on YouTube is called Open Source News. Because everything I report is open source. It's readily available public information. And if they ever come, oh, hey, look, it was on CNN. It was on MSNBC. That's why some people don't like it, but that's why I quote them and show them and New York Times and what have you. And of course, we use legitimate, like, you know, Washington Examiner and The Post and other people that are not down with the mainstream media, Newsmax uh, narrative. We give a mix, but it's all open source. It's all out there. But the minute they think that you're connected, have an insider or are an insider, they go after you. And that's what they're doing right now with Roger Stone. So we have this um, tweet, committee report. In the days leading up to January 6, 2021, according to evidence obtained by the select committee, Mr. Navarro also encouraged Mark Meadows and possibly others to call Roger Stone to discuss January 6. L read that. They are trying to bring in Roger Stone but look what it really says. Evidence obtained by the select committee. So they're making evidence, making it sound very nefarious. Mr. Navarro also encouraged Mark Meadows to call Roger Stone. So Navarro encouraged uh, Mark Meadows to call Roger Stone. It never actually says if that happened. So here is what Roger Stone has had to reply yet again. The report of Nancy's Pelosi January 6th committee is out and let's just say it is a masterpiece of lies, hyperbole, hyperbole, conjecture, supposition, fantasy, and guilty by association. Of course, the crackpots, smear artists, and left-wing conspiracy theorists on Twitter were gin up the usual baseless guilt by association insinuation based on the inaccurate report. Let me make this clear, Roger Stone says, I have never spoken nor or communicated with former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in my entire life, in his entire life. And I haven't spoken to former Trump advisor, Peter Navarro, in over three years. Even if I had spoken to them, which I didn't, it would prove nothing. The 
report specifically said when Roger Stone appeared to testify before the select committee and was asked questions about the events of January 6th, he repeatedly invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. So once again, they're trying to say that he's guilty because he wouldn't say anything. But Roger Stone goes on to say that as he has made clear, he invoked his Fifth Amendment rights not because he did anything wrong or has any information to hide, but simply because he had to because, as he puts it, I have had too much first-hand experience with the House Democrats' ability to take innocuous, immaterial, and irrelevant comments made under oath and twist them into the crime of lying to Congress. Been there, done that. The committee report says they want to question Mr. Navarro on the connections, involvement, and planning for January 6th events by by Mr. Navarro, Roger Stone, and other individuals who have refused to provide testimony to the select committee. I am so tired of clickbait for leftists. Let me make clear once again, I have no connections, involvements, nor was I involved in the planning of the events of January 6th. There is no evidence or witness that would prove contrary. Okay, then he he breaks down something very, very interesting here, which is why I bring this up and I I want to discuss this. But let me get there in a second. Since it was the goal of Trump allies to seek a 10-day delay in the certification of the results of the Electoral College in order to move, in order to more thoroughly examine the irregularities, anomalies, and in some cases, outright fraud in the states of Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada, those poor misguided souls who stormed the Capitol on January 6th destroyed any possibility of winning the votes necessary for this perfectly reasonable and legal delay in the certification of the election. So it sounds here like Roger Stone is saying that these people who stormed the Capitol were, in fact, misguided souls. Lends you to believe that he thinks that many of these or a lot of these or most of these people were actually Trumpites. Well, we know that there were some among them misguided, but the leaders of this were the Ray Epps, uh, people like um, the uh, Black Lives Matter character, John Sullivan from here in Utah, and that these were paid or otherwise provocateurs, not Trump people. Remember, the strategy was for them to delay for 10 days the certification of these states. These states, Many of these states had asked not, not to certify, but to delay the certification until those states revisited their certifications. And Roger Stone is saying, had this January 6th thing not happened and the people weren't, you know, thought they were in danger course this was all by design nancy pelosi knew this was going to happen she allowed it to happen she didn't take the security measures that president trump had suggested and the idea was exactly that that they could put fear have a false narrative i am telling you that their plan was there was supposed to be more murder and mayhem in the capital it is the hand of almighty god our father in heaven and we should be thanking Jesus that this did not go get any worse than it was. They wanted mass casualties. This was going to be how they were going to impeach President Trump and embroil him and, and entangle him in this. It was a false flag that, just like COVID, was half-baked and didn't do the job completely. What I mean by that is COVID was still in development. It was going to be a lot worse of a flu, but they had to release it early so they could have cover to steal the election. And if you don't believe that conspiracy theory, then you'll have to at least agree that they used the cover of COVID to steal the election through absentee ballots, etc. But staying on task here, Roger Stone is saying that had there not been 
an invasion, uh, an invasion, an attack, a riot, uh, an entering of the Capitol on January 6th that perhaps they would have been able to get their goal of a 10-day election in their certification and move things that way. I don't know what your thoughts are. Put them down below. Let's move on to Wisconsin. Oh, actually, let me finish with the Roger Stone statement. He has more to say on this. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Put your comments down below. Do you think that had the January 6th Capitol riot or incident not happened, that we would maybe have been successful in getting that 10-day delay from Mike Pence? Or do you think that he was bought and sold and sold out already? I don't believe that would have happened. I'll give you my opinion because he already signaled beforehand that he was not going to not certify the election, that he didn't have the ability or the authority to do so. Roger Stone goes on to say, back in 2016, Hillary Clinton campaign manager John Podesta wanted to make a special presentation to the Electoral College to argue against the certification of Donald Trump's elections based on non-existent Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. It was not considered treasonous, seditious, or improper. The hysteria over the January 6th fiasco proves once again that we have a two-tiered justice system. And absolutely, he is correct on that. Remember all the things they're trying to do to stop the certification of the Electoral College votes going to, to, to Donald Trump? Remember all of that? None of those people were ever called seditious or treasonous, whether they were rhinos or Republicans or Hillary or her people herself. And we know that obviously the Russian collusion was a hoax, but they were going to use that as pretext to try to stop the Electoral College, or the, the Electoral uh, uh, Proceedings. By the way, the John Durham has taken this stuff to trial and a lot of things have been revealed in the latest filing. Make sure you watch my latest YouTube video on that subject. All right, now let's move over to Wisconsin. We've got the attorney, uh, uh, Karen Muller. She's the founder and general counsel for the Amos or yeah, the Amos Center of Justice and Liberty, she has entered the race for Wisconsin Attorney General. Now I want to, I want, I just want to share with you why she's doing this in her announcement. I think this is, this is key. She says in the past four months she has received a shocking number of phone calls from families of patients in different hospitals around Wisconsin where they found suspicious deaths or attempts to end the lives of their beloved, their beloved ones by medical providers. Their loved ones had been previously denied potential life-saving medicines. You know, I. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other therapeutics, and were given dangerous drugs under a joint EUA, which provided both financial incentives and immunity from liability to the hospital systems. So one of the reasons why is she wants to be able to defend and prosecute on these folks that were killed off and received medical malpractice because of Big Pharma and their profits. Tony Miller also explained that the high number of COVID-related vaccine deaths and injuries were also alleged homicides. So, wow, she's a warrior going after vaccine deaths. Uh, thirdly, she said the massive number of deaths by these two causes discussed above, the vaccine deaths and the medical malpractice and of denying people therapeutics for covid would not have occurred in this state and this country had the 2020 presidential election not been stolen through fraud and election law violation. So she is a warrior. Not only was there medical, medical malpractice, not only they they pushed this Frankenshot on folks, but the 2020 election was stolen. And she asserts, uh, lastly, 
that Wisconsin legislators can and should decertify the 10 electoral votes because of the multiple election violations as a matter of law and the frauds which uh, annul the wrongful decision. So interesting to see a warrior go out there. I have no idea what Karen Muller's chances are, probably slim to none. But we need to support people like that and let their arguments be heard. And that is why I'm highlighting what she is bringing to the possible table in Wisconsin. Now, I don't have an update to this, uh, but yesterday, Arizona State Senator uh, Kelly Townsend uh, and others, they, they had issued a subpoena to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors last week. And supposedly yesterday, uh, Arizona State Senator Kelly Townsend and others uh, heard from the attorneys of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors uh, in a Senate government committee uh, meeting that took place yesterday at 4, at 4 p.m. Don't have the update on it so far, but here's what happened uh, leading up to that. Uh, the supervisors were commanded to, to produce unfulfilled items that they were recently requested by the Attorney uh, General's Election Integrity Unit on March 9th. The uh, Townsend subpoena requested items withheld from Brnovich and testimony to answer the questions regarding the delay in fulfilling Attorney General's request dated March 9th, 2022. Again, Mrs. Uh, Mark Brnovich, Attorney General's uh, department there of election integrity. So they were they were hit with these subpoenas and they didn't reply to them. They were asked to do that again. Now, the committee said that uh, they don't have to do it because President Karen Fan didn't sign off on the committee chair's subpoena, but it turns out that Senator uh, uh, Kelly Townsend tweeted out a few days ago as an educational opportunity, remarks that I did not give, get permission from Senate President. However, may we all learn statute and see it, it allows for any chairman to issue a subpoena without permission. So in other words, they're, they're balking the Maricopa County supervisors because we know they were in on the rig and the, at least the cover-up of the rig, they're finding reasons not to comply with this subpoena, even saying the subpoena wasn't lawful because the, the Senate president didn't sign off on it. And Senator Kelly Townsend shows a law saying, as a chairman to a committee, I don't need the Senate president to sign off on it before it's valid and legal. But they, they just go about and lie. But here's the, uh, here's the big thing. Um, they sent their attorney down yesterday. And this is what Townsend said. He goes, I'm not surprised by the response, but I'm glad they are at least going to send their attorney. We have many questions and I anticipate they will be asked on Monday. I am not sure why they are mentioning me needing permission from Senate President Karen Fan, but it is a learning experience for all involved. The Senate has authority that has not been used over the years until now when this need has arisen. I'm sure it's uncomfortable for them. However, we have a job to do and tools by which to do it. I intend to use them. So hopefully tomorrow we'll have an update on, or in the coming days, we'll have an update on what transpired in that meeting. And I want to end with bad news coming out of Alaska. We have here from the Alaska Watchmen, uh, the great local uh, journalist, Joel Davidson. I've covered him in the past. Uh, I actually looked at his bio. He's the proud dad of eight kids. <laughs> awesome. Good for you. I only got half of that. Our goal was six kids, but because of uh, sickness and health issues, in the early part of our marriage, um, we only got four, but we feel blessed to have those four beautiful children. 
Alaska's Division of Election, election will not verify the authenticity of voter signatures on the ballots cast in the upcoming June 11th special statewide primary to replace Representative Don Young. Quote, there is no statutory authority to verify signatures, but voters will have to provide witness signatures, a March 25th email from Alaska Division of Elections stated. Folks, this is bad news. Alaska, Alaska has essentially handed over elections to the, uh, the corrupt Democrats. The upcoming election will have all mail-in ballots and not require signature checks. Alaska is no longer a free and fair election state as they use COVID and whatever they want to steal elections and not require verification. And of course, the Republicans are soft and they're not fighting back against these things. And there you have it, Alaska succumbing as well to the Democrat machine. Thanks for being here, folks. We appreciate uh, all of your support on any of the platforms you're watching us on. Until tomorrow, ciao, goodbye, God bless. All right, folks, I'm not quite going to end this yet because President Trump just gave me the perfect conclusion to this episode. This is his latest, latest statement out just a little while ago today, March 29th. So let's get this straight. The Democrats commit massive and overwhelming voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election, and they want the Republicans to go to jail for investigating and protesting a very crooked election. Republicans must get tough and smart and not let them get away with the crime of the century. It's so funny. President Trump and I are on the wave, same wavelength. This just came out. I'm seeing this after recording the entire episode you just saw. But tell me if it's not very similar to what I say. The Republicans allow this to happen. They don't fight back. They let the Democrats have all the power. And of course, everything has to do with what we're suffering because of a rigged election. Now I'm signing off for this episode. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey.